Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Guys, welcome to another fun episode of TFL Talking Trucks. I am Andre Smirnov with the Fastlane Truck. And I'm Nathan Adlin with everything else. Heck yeah. <laughs> and Nathan, what, what is the theme of this show? You know, everything can benefit from improvements. And we think that pickup trucks, pretty much all pickup trucks, can benefit from improvements that we're going to suggest. Yes, you know, I can benefit from some improvements. I could lose some weight. <laughs> so could I. <laughs> anyway, so this show is about, we're going to go down the line, right? Every uh -huh. major pickup truck sold in the United States. We've tested them over the last eight years yes. thoroughly. So we have a few suggestions. Yeah, these are suggestions, and we're hoping that at the end of this video that you guys add your suggestions as well. Yep. So let's get going. Thank you for joining TFL Talking Trucks podcast. If you love pickup trucks or big full-size SUVs, if you love trailering, towing, and going off-road, this is the right place to be. Together, we can make this podcast the most popular ever. Nathan, uh, when I got to the studio, and if you're watching on TFL uh, Talk YouTube channel, you will see this, but I saw this bright green AEV Prospector Ram heavy-duty off-road truck. What's going on with this? That is everything that the Power Wagon needs to be. And we'll get to that in a few moments because it is here on our list. And this list is not in any particular order, by the way, in terms of making these improvements. However, if you look at that truck, everything about it is epic. And that's what we want. We want epic trucks coming from the factory. And we're so close now, but there are still improvements that nearly every truck needs. Yeah, and we're not just talking about off-roading, right? We're oh, no, talking no, no, about no. all aspects of trucking, including fuel efficiency, towing capability, payload capability, off-road ability. Comfort. Comfort, and even maybe price. Indeed, well actually, right. yeah, yeah. That's well, well, let's start, what's first? First on our list is the Chevy uh, Colorado and the GMC Canyon. These are vehicles that are about to be significantly uh, refreshed. Uh, at least extremely designed. Yes. Yeah. So it has a newer design to it, um, but it needs more. It yeah. needs a lot more. So what we're referring to right now is the 2021 Chevy Colorado and Canyon, GMC mm -hmm. Canyon. They have just received certain slight, very slight updates. Yeah, right? yeah, not a lot. So we're talking about like a, the bumper change, mm -hmm. um, maybe fog light placement. Um, a couple interior upgrades. There's a GMC 84 now, yeah. which is an off-road version of a Canyon. It, it's not that off-roady. No, and we've tested it. And yeah. We, we saw that. Uh, but so... Do you want to start? You know, let's focus on the Colorado. What are your thoughts? Well, it, this actually goes across uh, to both of them. Um, there is a new powertrain that General Motors has recently built, and Andre's actually tested it early on. We've tested it before with full-size pickups, and it is their 2.7-liter four-cylinder engine. It is a very high-output turbocharged four-cylinder engine. Obviously, because it moves a mm -hmm. you know half-ton truck around quite well. 
we want this engine to be put inside the Colorado and the Canyon. It would be epic. I would agree. It's a four-cylinder mm -hmm. turbo. Massive power. I mean, yeah. in, in the Silverado and the Sierra, it cur it's currently being sold. Mm -hmm. uh, 310 horsepower and about 347 pound-feet of torque. In a little truck, that would be monstrous. It would be, but it's not that much more than some of the competitors that are out there. Yes, so let's talk about what the Colorado has briefly now, right? Yes. So it has a 3.6 liter V6 that has a 308 horsepower now, mm -hmm. so already that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's made it to an um, eight-speed automatic currently. Right. They also have a diesel, a baby diesel. Mm -hmm. Right, the 2.8 liter Which four we're cylinder. hoping will still be in the next truck. We're not sure yet. Yeah, and also they have a kind of a base four cylinder, just mm -hmm. normally aspirated mm -hmm. engine. And you know, Colorado and Canyon have been redesigned. The, the current generation came out what five or six years ago. You and Roman actually went to one of the first events, right, yeah. on the Colorado. We did. In fact, one of the amongst all the vehicles we drove, we actually drove a manual uh, four cylinder which is only rear drive and drove all the other ones as well. Now this is before the ZR2 came out, this is before the AT4 and all that. And even then, you know, we, we like the truck, we like it quite a bit, but it needs a lot of work. And one of the things it really needs, a lot of these trucks do, but this one definitely, it needs a better interior, a higher quality interior to go along with its price. Yeah, I would agree. Um, so it's getting long in the tube right mm -hmm. now, and there, we're probably not going to get a new Colorado Canyon for at least maybe a year and a half, maybe yeah. maybe two years. That's kind of the timeline that GM unofficially and sort of officially kind of communicated. With COVID and everything else going on, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we're still about two years away from the next generation truck. The current truck is not necessarily bad, right? It's a good seller. Oh, it's a great seller, and, and I think that the ZR2 is by far one of the best off-road trucks built period yeah i would agree uh, but i would agree with you it needs the new powertrain mm -hmm. uh, because the v6 is fine the diesel is good but you need a little bit more you know the world is kind of moving on right right the ranger has a turbocharged power plant which is very strong very strong and that's exactly <clears throat> why i propose this 2.7 yeah and like you said when you get into the current colorado even the latest one and the canyon it's fine, it's laid out fine, but it feels like it's aging a little bit, right? It feels like technology maybe is not quite, you know, where all the latest and greatest stuff is. Indeed, and then if you look at the GMC Sierra and its AT4 package, I, I scratch my head and I think to myself, can't they build a ZR2 version of that AT4 for the GMC to make it just as capable? That way you have a choice between the two of them and they didn't do that and I'm hoping that they will. That's another thing. Yeah, but for 2021 year, in a few months, they have something called the AT4 like extreme off-road package, uh -huh. but it's still not super extreme. Yeah. Um, so yes, and also on the ZR2, it's an awesome truck. Don't get me wrong, it's got lockers front and rear. Yep. Um, it's got amazing shocks, suspension, and it's a little bit wider than the normal Colorado. Yeah, the good tires, tires, the tires are kind of small. I like the tread on the tires. Yeah. I think that works. So we've, we've driven these things off-road everywhere, but it does need, I wouldn't mind having a slightly larger tire, a little bit more meat on the sides. That would be nice. Uh, speaking of the Chevy Colorado, how about we move on to its main competitor? Yeah, let's do this. What's next? The Ford Ranger. Yes, the Ford Ranger just came in the scene, you know, in 2019 model year, just, mm. just not long ago. No, not long ago. Andre and I actually drove one from California to Colorado. Yeah, that was uh, awesome. That was an awesome drive. We took it to Moab. We did a little bit of a long MPG push on it, and we liked it quite a bit. 
the powertrain is extraordinary. You get a standard 2.3 liter turbocharged yes. engine with a standard 10-speed automatic transmission, which is great. If you get the uh, off-road package with it, the um, FX4, FX4 yeah. you get a locking rear diff and a really good off-road uh, electronic system too. But there are a couple things that we feel this truck needs. Yeah, well, speaking of the ZR2 Colorado, right? So I, we, we tested the FX4 Ranger, like you said, in Moab and other locations around, around the country. Uh, and we came away, you know, it's good, but it's not a ZR2 competitor, right? You know, it, it doesn't have kind of the clearance, some of the front clearance, or maybe the tire size. It doesn't have a front locker. Or the front locker right. that the ZR2 offers. So if I wanted to make the Ranger just a little bit better, and it's already good, you know, as far as towing and payload capability truck, yeah. and technology, I, I, I wanted to give it a slight lift. Yeah. So, and you know, I think Ford was reading our minds, you know, when we were doing all this stuff, because mm -hmm. the Ranger Tremor is coming, right? Yeah, the Ranger Tremor will have a little bit more uh, ground clearance, yep. a little bit more of an aggressive off-road capability kind of baked into it. However, there are a couple other things that I want to mention about the Ford Ranger. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of passionate about that. You know I love mid-sized trucks. Yes. I, I absolutely do. One of the things I love about mid-sized trucks is you can still get a couple of them with a manual transmission. Unfortunately, the Ranger and actually the Chevy as well can't get those. I know for a fact that Ford has built a seven-speed manual transmission, which they're using in the Bronco with the same engine that's basically inside of the Ranger, mm -hmm. right? The same yes. 2.3 liter four-cylinder engine. So the question is, would Ford consider putting that transmission inside the Ranger to give you perhaps an entry-level Ranger? Hmm, I think that would be awesome. Not only that, but yeah, I know the take rate isn't that good for manual transmissions, but maybe a little limited run on that. I know a lot of you guys really miss having a manual truck, and there's only a few out there that offer them, namely Toyota and Jeep. Mm -hmm. That's it. Nobody else does. Correct. I mean, Nissan yeah. no longer does. Which yeah, and, me crazy. and uh, the Ram heavy duty trucks no longer do. Oh, no. So, so yeah, the manuals are kind of going away. And enthusiasts still kind of clamor for that. You know, right here. Yeah, not maybe the general public. Not everybody wants a manual, but how uh, much fun would it be though to drive? You actually, know, rowing your own. Yes, yeah. yes. yes. And yeah, I look. I know a lot of you are like, well, hey, it won't tow as much. I'm fine with that. We know that already from other pickup trucks that have manual transmissions. They don't tow as much as the automatics. However. A lot of people prefer that control, and a lot of people don't need to tow maximum. So, if this thing would tow, I think the the right now the base model regular Ford Bronco tows 3,500 pounds with the manual transmission. I believe that's what it's at. Yeah, but it's an SUV. You, I mean, well, right, right, in a right. truck, it could and, be more. And the truck tows got a lot. 7,500. So, if you can cut the difference and make it tow, say around 5,000 pounds, 4,000, even 4,000. I'll take 4,000. But 5,000 pounds. <laughs> That would be awesome. This truck has already got just an amazing engine. And then one more thing it needs. What? A better interior. Ford yes. has already proven that they can do it with their new F-150, which has an extraordinary interior by comparison. Mm -hmm. This old one looks good. I think it, it's a good looking interior, but the materials are very cheap feeling. And if they could just up the game a little bit, considering the fact that these are not inexpensive trucks, that would be great. 
I would agree on the interior as well. Uh, so the current Ranger that's on sale in the US, it's it's a weird combination of new tech and kind of old tech. Yeah, right, right. right? So because they put them together and because it's overseas uh, older uh, uh, Ford Ranger underneath, except for a couple of components that have been changed. Yeah, so they they said you know they talked about updating the frame, the bumpers, you know obviously the power plant, you know yeah. that they put in it, and then they put a lot of technology inside of it, but kind of wrapped into, into this older generation interior style, right? Mm -hmm. That yes. came from overseas. So yeah. it's kind of a weird mission, like kind of combination. Um, I think a new interior would do great. You know what else though? Hmm. Uh, something that Toyota and Chevrolet and GM are offering in the midsize trucks are various wheelbases. So right now you can get a Tacoma or a Colorado crew cab with a longer bed. That's right. So you can. Uh, the Ford Ranger does not offer that. So you can only get two different crew uh, cab uh, configurations. Correct. Right? So the crew is available, and an extended cab is available in the Ranger. So the crew cab doesn't give you a longer bed. Oh well, the crew cab comes with a five footer, right? And the extended cab with a six footer. But you cannot get a crew cab six footer, right? Okay, so, so you can't mix and match. Is what yeah, you're yeah. Okay, so yeah. it's kind of one wheelbase, and I think they wanted to simplify it, get it out there, right, and actually get it sold and built and. And then later on, maybe, well, this is what we're talking about, improvements, Improvements. Right? Yeah, it's an interesting thing. Uh, actually, when, when the uh, Ranger came out, I was really excited when it came out. I actually went to the, the first event for it, which was you know, pretty mellow. But the point is, Andre and I actually talked about it. And we were really stunned about the fact that, at least back then, Ford wasn't like really advertising it very much. They weren't really throwing it out there. And we came to the conclusion that one of the issues they have is they were worried about it eating into their um, F-Series sales, mm -hmm. which F is you know, yeah. a reasonable worry. You know? and, but at the same time, if you look at the sales numbers of the Ranger, regardless of the fact that they haven't done a ton of advertising with it, they're selling a lot of them, and it's moving up and up and up. They're actually on fire. Yeah, um, I think um, I don't have the latest data from December and November, right? But I think they're knocking on Chevy's door. Yep. I mean, I think they just passed them maybe recently, or maybe they're about the same in sales. Right. Chevy Colorado, that's been around, which for has a, been around for a while. So and, I mean, and, and of course Tacoma is still out there, bestseller. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. But I think they're feeling the pressure from this. I guarantee it. And what that does is it forces everybody to up their game, which is another point to improving these trucks. But we'll, we'll get to that in what's, just a minute. What's, what's next? The next one, we were just talking about mid-size trucks again, the Jeep Gladiator, which yes. is a mid-size pickup truck. Yes, um, and so it just came out in 2020 model year, right? Mm -hmm. So very recently, about a year and a half ago or so. One maybe. of my favorite trucks, by the way. Yeah, it, it's cool because it offers kind of convertible feeling, you mm -hmm. know, with off-road capability and kind of the crew cab style, right? Right. I'm a guy who likes to go off-road, but I don't usually do the hardcore heavy pounding that you sometimes see us do with my own private vehicles. I like to go fishing and camping, whatever. And I tow a little bit, not a lot. And this truck fills all of the, you know, all those boxes you can check off, but there are a couple problems with it. Um, and really, they both kind of blend into each other. Um, if I may, I'm just going to go right into go all my issues. Go ahead. They're not cheap. Um, now, granted, you can get online right now an absolute base model, which I have been looking at, by the way, the manual transmission for about $32,000. That's like with online discounts. Um, good luck finding one of those, by the way. Realistically, they're close to 40 grand, um, you know, for a fairly well-equipped one. And that's a lot of dough for a mid-size pickup truck. 
especially because a lot of people out there, as much as they want to have the Jeep, can't afford to have that type of fun vehicle. So I have a proposal. Yes. Make a less expensive version of it. How do we do that? Well, two-door. Why not make a two-door? Okay. We, we, we went to Moab and they actually had an example for us to drive a couple years ago during the Easter Jeep Safari. And Roman and I did drive it. And you guys, I think they called it J8, you guys were absolutely freaking out over it. And I agree. It would be so awesome because nobody else seems to be making a standard cab pickup anymore. Especially a little one. So, why not make that and just kind of dull it down a little bit in terms of features. Have it very simple. Have it come in in the mid-20s for, you know, standard four-wheel drive, the Pentastar V6, manual transmission, make everybody happy. And then on top of that, it would be nice if even the four-door had a slightly less expensive version as an entry-level model. That would be nice. Yeah, and I think, yes, so we recently had a Gladiator diesel, the Eco Diesel, <laughs> which uh, which which was an incredible vehicle in terms of its tech, but my God, it was expensive. It was it's it's by far the most expensive midsize truck that I've ever seen or or test drove. How much did that thing come in? It roughly? was like almost sixty six thousand. Now think about that. Think uh, about how much that really is for a midsize pickup truck. Yes, but it had the works right. Well, it was it a Rubicon. It had obviously all the Rubicon running gear right. Yeah. Heavier axles, all the capability. It had the, the diesel, which is what really made it expensive. Yes, it had the diesel for four thousand dollars extra, and and you know the automatic that comes with that diesel. Um, it's another two thousand bucks, and then had different top options and. Oh my gosh, all the tech you can imagine. Uh, but I, I think you kind of nailed it on this one. Um, but So it starts as a crew cab, right? Four wheel drive. They all so, are. So that's why it's more expensive, right? Yeah. Already. Because yeah. if you compare it against a Chevy and a Ford and a Toyota, those offer two wheel drive versions, right? And those offer smaller cabs. Right, right. So uh, Jeep doesn't have that right now. Right, and that would be their argument. And I've actually talked to some of the FCA guys and they say, listen, right out of the box, you get four wheel drive, you also get a you know a big crew cab and you don't you know these other ones you don't get that that's true but if you go on to online and you configure let's just say Toyota Tacoma head-to-head -head with the Jeep you'll find that the Jeep sends you know, tends to be quite a bit more expensive for roughly the equivalent that is until you get to the Rubicon because at that point once you get to the level of the Rubicon the only vehicle in my mind that competes directly against it would be the Chevy Colorado we talked about the ZR2 because it has a front locking axle and you can get a diesel although they are very different diesels. Yeah totally and I think so when Jeep first rolled this out right we were there we mm -hmm. were fortunate enough to be at those first events and they talked about specifically that it's a combination of Jeep you know character and capability with truckiness yeah they wanted to combine them too but you know after spending two years and we have a long-term gladiator by the way yes we do cfl truck owns one yes and, yes we and, do and, and it's and, it's it's phenomenal i think tommy sleeps in it because he's <laughs> he in love it. with it yeah he licks so, the door handle every once in a while to make sure that we don't go in near it uh so but after living with it and testing it and driving it the truckiness is not fully like what I would expect there. Really? So the short bed, mm -hmm. five footer only, right? There is no long bed once again. Yeah, you can drop So I, I like your idea, you know, shorten the cab, extend the bed. Yeah, why right? not? Um, and all the Overland guys and gals will love that because they can put little campers in there, right? Uh, build them out with shells and tents. Or actually make it into a work truck. Uh, you know, the forestry, you know, the, any organization that needs to actually go off-road as a profession would love something like that. 
So I would agree. Uh, and if they can find to make uh, make it less expensive, just a uh, little bit less expensive. Yeah, for I mean, an entry level price would be great. I mean, they're they're trying. They have crank windows on the base model, dude. Yes, I know. And I, I, guys, just so you know, full disclosure, I actually came pretty close to buying one, uh, an absolute base model S, I think it was, or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, manual transmission, soft top. I, it had two options, and that one with the two options came in at around thirty four. And it was just, at the time, bad timing, and I didn't do it, and I kind of regret it. But at the same time, it would be nice. It would be really, really nice if it could be much closer to 30, let's say. Just, I'm just throwing that out there. But what if, what if you looked around and found a slightly used one, one of these days? I, I would consider it, you know, it's a funny thing, uh, because normally I only buy used. I'm a cheap guy, as many of you know, and, you know, I'm on a tight budget. <laughs> Kids and going to college, stuff like that, it's coming up real soon. So... Uh, would I buy one of those? Absolutely. Uh, it would still have to pretty much be very close to being a, a, um, a lower level model, though. I don't want all the, the bells and whistles and goodies. I want the least amount of things to go wrong as possible. As such, I wouldn't want too many goodies on it. But that's just me. Cool. I know a lot of you guys are different. Well, let's move on to the next one. We have a few left, right? Oh, we have quite a few left. The next one is Toyota Tacoma. Uh, Toyota Tacoma is by far the best-selling vehicle in its class. Mid-sized trucks, the Toyota Tacoma is absolutely cleaning up. And for a lot of very you know, obvious reasons. For one, they're known to be rock-solid, reliable. They're damn good-looking, especially from the outside. They're very capable. And the cool thing about the T Tacoma, more so than any other truck on this list, is they are mucho configurable. You can do several different types of configurations. You don't have to buy the most expensive off-road package to get a really good off-roader. You can get their um, TRD off-road TRD off-road right. without the Pro, um, and it is fantastic. It is absolutely fantastic. The thing is, they need a couple things to make this truck even better, and one of the main issues that I've come back to a million times, and so many of you, interior, especially the seats. Yeah, and they've tried to adjust them, update them, move them. A little them. bit. Um, I think it's really a limitation of the cab, right? The, the way they designed that cab is yeah. very, very low. So the cab is, you know, it has ground clearance, so yeah. the floor is a little bit higher. And then they didn't want to make it huge, right? So the roof, you know, was normal height. So that doesn't leave a ton of space. Between I was told it was for aerodynamics as well. Them, yeah. yeah, they wanted it to, you know, have a nice sloped uh, glass and, you know, a roof that isn't too high. But, you know, it, I had the first generation Tacoma and I absolutely loved it, but I had the same problem where I was sitting in a fairly uncomfortable position to drive that truck. The newer ones are better. And now they have a, a power seat for the driver, yes. which is available. And with that power seat, you are able to drop that seat down a little bit further. But then you have the problem where your legs are almost completely straight forward to the pedals. I know that some of you guys are like, well, I'm totally comfortable, I love my Toyota, and I'm gonna burn down your house because there's something mean about a Toyota. Look, I, I love the vehicle, but I do feel that they need to somehow find a way to make the interior a little bit more comfortable, and on top of that, maybe a little bit more modern. So when this uh, third gen, the latest uh, Tacoma came out, right? Yeah, we, you and I went to that event. Yeah, it was a pretty awesome event um, in Tacoma, Washington. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, and. Uh, then it was a very highly competitive truck. I mean, it oh, had yeah. all the goodies. It had updated engine, uh, choice of transmissions. Yeah, it had that composite uh, bed. Composite bed was still there. Yeah. Right? All the goodies were full there. Full of system was phenomenal. They changed the interior a bit, you know, mm -hmm. and technology, full of technology. Yeah, I was thrilled with it. 
but now I feel like you know it's great but the world is getting more competitive you know the gladiator came on the scene the ranger came on the scene right and toyota is very methodical and slow how they update things right <laughs> in every single way <laughs> yes so i think in order to make a tacoma more or better in general i would like just a package an additional box where i can buy more aggressive tires tires just, would be huge yeah so i mean they come with uh, uh, Wrangler with Kevlar, right? Yeah, which are great on the street and they're decent all weather, but off-road they're not and, that and great. And we've off-roaded with them countless times. Yeah. But they're just not the best tire they overall. They don't have the best grip off-road. No, and especially when you get into mud and right. some other situations, um, not not really the best tires. So maybe they could make like the Tacoma TRD off-road... Plus. Plus? There you go. Yeah, a little plus. Just a little... A little plus little right there. Plus. And that plus would be the tires. Mm -hmm. And also, hmm, you know the six-speed they have? Yeah. It's a six-speed, yeah, yeah. first of all. Uh, but sometimes it's, it's just... They've updated it several times again. Yeah. But it's not perfectly matched to the engine. You know, in the mountains, when we're driving we around... We rev the crap out of it when we tow, that's for sure. Yeah, it has to... Well, the engine has to rev high. It's kind of normal for a midsizer, right? But the transmission sometimes is confused when we're going into the mountains, especially in Colorado. So maybe the powertrain needs a little bit of work. Yeah, I would agree, and, I, and a lot of people, uh, there have been some complaints about this newer, um, you know, direct-injected engine, dual direct-injected, yeah, actually. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it, it has, there, there have been some, you know, issues with it, with, according to some people. There is a couple things. Uh, also, on top of that, the Jeep, uh, going back to the Jeep Gladiator, the manual transmission they have in the Jeep Gladiator might be the very best manual transmission I've ever driven in a pickup. And I think that Toyota needs it. The throws are almost perfect. The clutch engagement's quite good, a little soft, but it's really, really good. The one that's used in Toyota, I'm grateful that Toyota still has a manual transmission option, isn't quite as fun to use, and it, it's a little you know, longer throws and everything else. So I just think that the one that the Jeep has, if that could kind of migrate to the Toyota, would be awesome. Really quick, I want to blow your mind. Yeah, I want blow to my mind. I want to see if I can do it. Okay. Because it's Lay not, it on me, not easy. How about Toyota Tacoma Hybrid? Oh, are you? Do you see what I'm? Uh, is your yeah, brain exploding? It, it's not exploding because okay. we know where they're going with some other technology, and Toyota has actually been on the forefront of hybrid technology for years and years and years. Decades. Yeah. Yes, they've done hybrids. Oh yeah, big time. So they they know what they're doing, and I I think that there's going to be a point in time. Right now, Toyota's on the fence about EVs in general. It's a whole different conversation. But will they make a plug-in or, or a hybrid or a plug-in hybrid version of the Tacoma with the next generation? That's a possibility, and it, I, I wouldn't put it past them to do it. Well, we heard rumors that the Tundra might get a hybrid. That's part, right? that's where the salt. Uh, yes, yeah, so Tacoma. I mean, you know, hybrid. That term has not been very sexy in the mm. last couple decades, right? It was equated to efficiency, slowness maybe, right. and maybe small cars, right? But now we have the F-150 hybrid that's on the scene. Which is just and, extraordinary. And it's fast, and it has a like power export capabilities where you can run stuff it's out of it. It's got a 700 mile range. Yeah, and, it, and it may, it's almost making that word cool. Right, yeah. it's it, it's gonna take some time. <laughs> you know, it's not gonna be easy. Well, right? there's not there's a lot of people out there who you know are like me, unfortunately, kind of a little slow in the uptake, and I I, I am afraid of technology to a certain degree. Cell phones terrified me for years. Mm -hmm. um, the idea of having a hybrid truck that has so much technology is a little scary. 
you know, when you're thinking 10 years down the line, because if I buy a vehicle, I want to keep it for a minimum of 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure it's running as good in 10 years as it was the day I bought it. Let's move on, though. Yes. Uh, because we mentioned it briefly, uh, to the Nissan Frontier. Now, bear in mind, guys, we know that the Nissan Frontier is about to have a brand new platform on top of the new engine, which is already out. It's a weird mix of what they decided to do. So currently, we know that the old platform is housing the new powertrain. The new powertrain is their new 3.8 liter V6 hooked up to a nine-speed automatic transmission. The transmission is very similar to the one that's being used currently inside of the brand new Titan. Now, here's the thing. They announced, and they were very serious about this when I asked them, will you have a manual transmission available for this truck like you used to do? Mm -hmm. And they looked me square in the eye, and they mumbled something and they said, no. And I thought, that's a pity. And then I asked, what about a base model? What about a base model four-cylinder? No. So everything they have now in terms of the least expensive pickup truck you can buy currently, the old Nissan Frontier, yeah. gone. Yeah, so 2020 has been a weird year for the Frontier, not just all of us. <laughs> um, so, right, uh, obviously, you know, I think in general, and we've had the 2018 base model, right? The little white truck. Our final Frontier project. Yeah, the we call it the final Frontier project uh, that actually Nissan gave it to us for an extended period of time for several months. That was the most affordable truck in the land. It was like 19 grand right. plus. Right, it had a five-speed manual. And, and, and a little four-banger. Yeah, and a four-banger, and it was just a tenacious yes. little truck. Yes, and it was awesome. Two-wheel drive, but we've taken it even off-road. <laughs> it didn't uh, do very well. <laughs> yeah, we, we took it to high elevation, and oh my God. It, it's, it was a very unhappy it's okay. truck. Uh, but, no, but it was fine. It, it's it was a rugged. great, affordable, nice little exactly. truck. And you can actually reach in it and grab stuff out of the bed easily. And then you can get into it. And, and it's, it feels good. There was nothing really wrong with it. It was mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. But like you're saying, in 2020, they decided to upgrade the powertrain in the old uh, generation truck. They threw the manual transmission away, yeah. like you said, discontinued it, discontinued the four-cylinder, and actually the truck became more expensive. They made Be a premium truck. And well, I, I wouldn't say premium necessarily, well, 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 but the V6, became, the V6 well, became there. It is a premium truck if you're thinking, okay, you're only allowed to get it with the mo this really nice V6 that they have, which is really great, powerful, by the very way. Very powerful, efficient. But you're not allowed to get a base model. And by doing that, you're, you are forcing people to buy a premium truck. And my point is there's no option for the guys who don't want to spend $35,000, $40,000 on this truck. They want to have a less expensive truck in the 20s, and they don't build that anymore. And I don't know how they're going to fix that. Uh, with the next generation, we we still haven't seen the next generation no, truck. We have so, so 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 maybe they have something in their back pocket, right? They they might have something uh, for the next gen truck, which might actually be a little bit more, you know, slightly larger, more comfortable, technology laden, right? Efficient. Right. All those things will be in it. It <laughs> has to, right? It has to to compete. I agree, hundred um, percent. And I think it will be very competitive on the high end. But there won't be a low-end competitor. Yeah, and that's a shame. And I, 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 they must have a solution for this. I, I, you know, they, I, they I'm must. sure they're, they're 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 racking their heads and they're trying to figure it out right now. And I hope they do. Nissan has had a lot of problems, but they have so much potential. Oh, I know, I know. What they can do is they can GTR take engine. they can take a 3.3 liter V6. Uh -huh. They can put a supercharger on top of it. Okay. And give it a manual mm -hmm. and long wheelbase. And no, they did that years ago, right? Yeah, they did. 
something kind of like that. Um, well, Dude, we, how cool would that be to get actually a buy one of those used you know, older trucks? The old V6 uh, supercharger that he's talking yeah. about, which was on the, I believe, second generation Frontier technically, which was my favorite, and I think yours too. Yeah, we yeah, love the way it looks. Uh, that's another one I almost bought. Um, really, really great little truck up here in Colorado because you don't have a lot of power loss because it's a supercharger. But the regular, the four, uh, four liter that came out to replace it, the regular naturally aspirated one, was more powerful and was a better engine. However, once again, up at high elevation where we live, supercharging is the way to go. So Nissan, if you're listening, bring that engine back and add a manual transmission. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Let's no. move on. But really quick, uh, that kind of took my mind to tflbids.com. Oh, yes. Where you can buy and sell used trucks. Just like that. And guys, if you have a supercharged truck, Nissan, you want to sell, please, please bring it to TFL Bids. Bring it to us. I yeah. am very interested. And on top of that... And I might bid on it, actually. I might bid on it, too. If my Hummer, you know, if, if, my if you sell if, your Hummer, if my, no, I know I'm selling it, but if my Hummer brings enough money, oh, uh, if it brings enough money, you're gonna buy. Okay, yeah, it's those are really those those frontiers are so awesome. Okay, what's next, dude? We have to move on. My favorite truck, uh, and I, I'm being completely honest. I still absolutely adore the Ram Power Wagon. It is for me, for my personality, it's the right truck. I love. There's other ones like the Ford, you know, the big tremor, the F250. But the Ram Power Wagon, every time I think about it, it makes me happy. It's obnoxious to a certain degree. My wife hates it, which means it's good. But it's not perfect. And it needs a few things, in my mind, to elevate it to another level. Now, we did have earlier a photo up there from the AEV, you know, ridiculous one. Well, that's a little, that's far-fetched. But if we can just make a couple little tiny changes to that truck, um, I think it would be epic. And yes, Power Wagon don't care. But no, it still with, doesn't care. Right. But with my mods in mind, it would care even less. What do you have in mind? Well, simple. Okay. It needs a little bit uh, more tire. I absolutely agree. The one thing about it's a very heavy truck, and the off-road tires on there are actually really good. They're they're uh, Wranglers, right? Oh yeah, Duratrex, massive. Duratrex. Yeah. So. The thing is, is that um, with those Duratrex, regular off-roading, no big deal. But it's such a big truck, it needs more rubber on the ground. And not just when you air down, just in general. It needs a larger tire, both in diameter and in thickness. It needs just a better setup for off-roading. And the one place where I had problems with the Power Wagon off-road yes. was with traction going up a very difficult hill and i think that i would have had no issues had i had more meat on the ground so that is one of the major things i think they need to fix and it's not just a functional thing right i think it would make the truck look a little bit more proportional oh, it, would look, right? it would look angry um our friend nina barlow right uh, who runs off-road um, rentals in utah and nevada oh. yeah, yeah um she actually put 35s on her power wagon she did i asked her yeah. about that too and she said it's so much better she basically said it fixed everything and, right then and it, there. you didn't really have to trim anything either no. i mean uh, it just kind of fits in and it still tucks you know articulates yeah and, all articula stuff. and it, it's 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 kind of like they knew fca knew that most people would do this but still we're talking about factory vehicles so i want to get my factory vehicle with bigger tires yeah this is kind of a common theme right yeah i think tires and trucks are very important yes depending on what you're getting um and i would agree uh but 
so I just uh, recently did a video. It's going to be publishing on TFL Truck. Okay. Where I actually was in a 2021 Power Wagon, mm -hmm. and I was actually uh, contrasting it against the Ford Raptor. Uh, against the Raptor. Yeah. Right, right. So that video is uh, publishing on TFL Truck, and when I was in that Power Wagon. Yes, I commented on the tires for sure. Mm -hmm. It needs not just for looks, but for functionality, a little bit more ground clearance, right? But manufacturers and engineers tell us that for production trucks, big tires are hard to do, yeah. right? You lose efficiency. You have to do all kinds of retesting, like you know, lane change maneuvers, you know, st maneuvers stability, stuff, right. crash protection. It goes on and on. It's very hard to do. So we make yeah. a phone call. They'll fix it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're FCA. Really, honestly, I'm kidding. Okay. No, but 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 okay. Yes, but at the same time, if you look at all the other manufacturers out there, they've upgraded to different tires with cars and trucks for years and years and years. The Power Wagon has basically had the same type of rubber for a long time, and they need to improve it. Now there are a couple, two more places where they could use improvements, Andre. Mm -hmm. One. They could use a slightly upgraded interior. I think it looks fine, but there is one component on that interior that I'm still not a huge fan of. The steering wheel? No. Oh. The rotary dial transmission. Oh, yes. I really don't like that very much. I, I know, I, I harp on it, and I've mentioned it many times. I really would like to have, look, the TRX has a proper gear lever. They, right? they Click, click, click. They did it, yes. If they can do that, why can't they do it on the power wagon now some of you are saying well the power wagon does have an option to where you can have you know a middle passenger in the front seat you're right so column shift please I mean, i'll take that i just yeah not a big fan of the rotary dial dude column shift would be more macho i mean this truck is a bruiser right? yeah and you know on the floor they also have the um, in the power wagon they have a um, transfer case right. lever so i think that would be hard to combine that you know, combine. It would not be a one phone call. We'll fix it. Uh, but a column shift would be awesome. I a love column, column shift, shift. Would be awesome. And you know what else? The thing about the column shift that makes it much better than mm. the dial. You know, you know, I'm in reverse. I'm in. You know what I mean? You actually know by the the position of it physically right in front of you where it's gone. When you play with the dial, almost every time. And I've had a power wagon for like two weeks. I still couldn't get used to having to look down and just to make sure that I'm in drive versus reverse. Right. And that is, that's an issue for did me. You, uh, did you actually t t turn up the volume when you were trying to? No, I know. <laughs> okay. Some people joked about that, okay. but it's, it's, it's pretty big. No, honestly, I just, it's one of those things where it's, it's a pet peeve. But there's one final thing before we move on. Yes. They still don't have a diesel option for it. And oh. I know that the argument from FCA is it's too heavy that way. But Ford managed to do it with the F-250 Tremor, which is a serious off-road bruiser. And I think that it would behoove them... Ram to make a competitor and they have a wonderful diesel that would fit right in there and I think it would be great and I don't know if that much of a weight gain would be that much of an issue for a truck that weighs as much as a planet. Well yeah uh, we spoke to Ram about this probably more times. more times than I can count. Yeah. Uh, they talked about a few things. Weight was mm -hmm. an issue. Also that Cummins straight six the size of it you know both height and length uh, because they have a winch yeah. Um, anyway, those are the things they talked about. Um, I think a, a lot of our viewers, you know, you guys always tell us diesel, diesel, diesel. I agree. Well, maybe their hand is being forced, right? Because Ford is here. That's the whole point. And once again, 
com competition forces everybody to up their game. So we might see a change in the future. I hope so. All right, let's move on. Speaking of RAM, we're going to move on to uh, the RAM half tons. Yeah, really quick. I mean, I think RAM 1500s are already great trucks, right? Fantastic truck. Redesigned, interior, exterior capability. Uh, wow. Uh, we've had the RAM Rebel Rouser for a year. That was a great truck. Uh, pretty much bulletproof. I mean, it had a couple of small, tiny you know, recalls that didn't really bother us. Yeah, and it, uh, it had a little transfer case issue. Well, we give it a small lift and tires and did a few things. Oh, one of the drive shafts went snapped. Snappy, that was at the drive shaft. But but we modified it. Yes, we modified it. Yeah, but in terms of just a really good truck with the the, the five point seven, just a brilliant engine. Um, but there are a couple things that Andre thinks we should do, and I agree with him. Yeah. So after testing that Hemi, and Hemi is still glorious, mm -hmm. right? It sounds, sounds great. great. Great power, even though they haven't changed this power rating in a very few years. <laughs> Forever. Uh, the real-world efficiency is a little bit lacking. Yeah, especially you know, compared to the competition. Yeah, and especially if you have a four-wheel drive truck with beefy tires like the Rebel does, mm -hmm. the real-world uh, efficiency, we couldn't come close to the EPA ratings right. on it. And now we're seeing this world, you know, Chevy has a four-cylinder in their Silverado. Ford has a hybrid and mm -hmm. other small V6s, right? right? Um, Ram has a V6 too, uh, but the Pentastar and the Ram is a fine engine except, you know, kind of the towing and it doesn't have kind of that it, it, towing it, it capability. It strains quite a bit when it's towing, that's for sure. Now there is a diesel. Yes. And, and we've driven the Rebel with the diesel before and it's pretty good. And it's, it's a great choice, except for price. It, yeah. it, it increases the price way up. Yep. Right? So uh, if, if I could improve the Ram 1500 in one way, I would give it something to inc increase kind of the base fuel efficiency. I don't know if it's a turbocharged V6. You know, everybody seems to be going there, mm -hmm. right? I don't know if it's maybe a hybrid system of some sort that's uh -huh. a little bit more affordable. I That's what I'm saying. That's I, all I'm saying. I, no, I hear you, and I agree. And you know what would fit right in there? And what, I know what? FCA guys are sitting there just going, shut up, Nathan. <laughs> I'm going to say it. The powertrain that is currently being put into the now being produced Jeep Wrangler 4xe. It's not, available. It's a plug-in hybrid. It's, it's available. It's, it's there. available. Right. Shove that into a Ram Rebel and see what happens. Yes. It could be a very interesting truck, it, plus it would lower your uh, cafe scores. Yeah, it would increase the price. <laughs> oh, yeah. it, it would not be a It'd cheap be a option. It would be a stupid, expensive but, truck, but that's the problem. They're all expensive anyway. But yeah, it will be very competitive against the rest. Could you imagine that? In fact, they would be the only one with a plug-in hybrid pickup truck if they were to do that. So you're welcome, Mike Manley and everybody else at FCA. I've just given you a shot in the arm, basically inoculating you against cafe numbers in the near future. You're welcome. Wow, you're very topical. You like that? Uh, what's next? <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Okay. Uh, the Toyota Tundra. Okay, now we know that the Toyota Tundra is supposed to have an all-new model, which, by the way, was supposed to already be here or at least be introduced. But that's been delayed for obvious reasons. The Toyota Tundra needs basically an all-new truck from the ground up. Not that it's a bad truck, but it needs so much. So what does this truck need as an improvement? Well, dude, uh, it's a great truck. It's, you know, it's proven to be reliable. Tough as it, it It tows not the highest amounts in the class, but it tows, but, pretty but damn tows good. really good, because it's got a V8. Yeah, and they're uh, really inexpensive if you compare them to the competition in terms of toe-to-toe. -to -toe. 
Yeah, because if you take a competitive V6 from other manufacturers against the V8, you, it's almost the same price. Right, so suddenly so, you're, you're in the same territory with the, the big hunk in 5.7. Once again, so I'm showing a picture of a TRD Pro Tundra that we recently towed with. Mm -hmm. Great truck, did well on the mountain. Fake air scoop. A uh, couple of fake hood scoops. Maybe it's, remove those. Let's God, start yes. there. Uh, yes. <laughs> Toyota, stop it. Please, just stop. Stop now. Stop. It's a funny thing because they actually had a functional, uh, optional uh, aftermarket desert air intake available for the Tacoma, yes. which they got rid of. Yes. The one functional scoop that they had, they got rid of. This vehicle has these two scoops, no one but two. <laughs> and it's just like, it's such a brutal truck. It really doesn't need these extra fake scoops. I don't really understand the point of it. And also it takes some of the vision away from the driver, right? Yeah, because it, it, it raises the hood. It's just completely it's, unnecessary. It's not necessary. Once again, uh, tires. Oh, yeah. uh, I think the tires are really, and I know they're not gonna change it because the next one is coming in a year, right? Yeah. And I know, you know, not many more things will be changed on this truck. But when, when you put that TRD Pro next to another truck, a competitive truck, it's awesome in every way, except fuel efficiency, maybe. Uh, but the tires are small, again, once again, yeah, small. Yeah, the, they're on the small side. There is something else it needs, which I'm what? hoping they'll do with the next generation, what? but I'm not sure. What? Something everybody else except for General Motors does. Having an option off-road for a locking rear diff, a proper electronic locking rear differential. Or maybe over the front a, a limited slip as well. Oh, yeah, well, if you want to go that far, why not just put a twin turbocharged V6 with a hybrid system in it? Oh, they might be doing it. Be doing <laughs> so yeah, anyway, a Toyota, you know, what else can we say? It's, it's a good truck. Even the, the interiors, interior. are, well, oh, man. I'm okay with it, it's, actually. It's, 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 it's okay. a completely usable interior, yeah. that's the argument, but at the same time, if you're looking at the price that you're spending on, on any truck, and then you look at what Ram's able to do, Ram is absolutely knocking it out of the park with interior quality and design, and I think that Toyota, one of the largest companies in the world, could find a way to, I don't know, maybe borrow components from BMW and put them in there, who cares? The point is, is that they need to make a nicer interior as well. I think they're listening. I, I think the next truck, I have high hopes. Maybe my expectations are too high. I don't think I'm gonna get a uh, phone call from Akio Toyota about this though. Uh, but, but Mr. Toyota, please call us. Call Andre, I'm, he's better on the phone, he's nicer <laughs> than I am. Okay, let's move on. Speaking of the competition to Toyota, uh, it's the Nissan Titan. Um, there's a very simple fix for this truck. What? They need to make the warrior concept that they've been throwing in our face for a couple uh, of years. Oh, yes. And they mean, need to just make it look like that. Just stop screwing around, build it. You will increase your sales twofold. Not only that, but you need to increase its ground clearance because it's not as good as the competition. It, especially its approach angle is one of the lowest out there for the, uh, their Pro 4X package. And on top of that, better tires. I would agree across the board. Um, we recently had a Pro 4X, like, like you said. Which right? was a really, really, yeah. really good truck. Fantastic truck. We recently had a XD. Mm -hmm. They still have the XD with no diesel though. Yep. So they're trying to simplify. So their, their sales are not growing or their sales is not where they want them to be, right? Not, not even close. So, so in order to basically compete and survive, they're kind of paring down a little bit, you know, making it more simple. Mm. Not as many options, right? One engine, right? Right. One transmission, um, still XD and a regular Titan, which I, I understand completely and I like. Um, so, but yes, if they can, you know, add a couple more things, make an off-road version, more like a true warrior, like you said, like a concept. Just go with, for it. Screw it. Do it. 
I mean, it already looks good, but but I think they could just oh, the tune, is a, so much better tune a few things that actually make it awesome. Um, and then also, uh, it needs a V6. It, we or know an entry, an entry level engine or an entry level engine. We we know the Frontier has a new one. Yeah, that three point eight is a brilliant. Why engine. can't they shove it in, in in the Titan? They already got the same transmission. Just pop it in there. Well, that's what I'm saying. Make a phone call. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna make that happen. That's about all we got with, with the Titan, but we want to move on to uh, General Motors because there's actually quite a bit. Uh, we're talking about the General Motors half-ton trucks. There's a lot of stuff that I think that they need to remove and replace to make them better. So where do you want to start? I'm not quite sure exactly. Where. I think Are you starting with the Silverado or both Sierra? They're, they're both. Okay. Much. The General Motors. So um, hit, hit me. Okay. They need to get rid of the, the eight-speed automatic transmissions. I know that it's sort of this mid-level transmission because they do have an entry-level six-speed on, on certain trucks, and they have the 10-speed. The 10-speed's been a proven transmission. The trail bus that we have, well, we'll soon be getting rid of, I would imagine, mm -hmm. um, that tra tra engine transmission combination of 5.3 with the 10-speed has been brilliant, has been rock solid. People that I've talked to who have the 10-speed have been thrilled with it. Not a whole lot of problems reported. The 8-speed, on the other hand, we have personal first-hand you know, experience with this transmission, and it has not been great. And there have been other people who have complained about it as well. I think that they should probably get rid of it and simplify the transmission choices with one base transmission and then the 10-speed um, to make things a lot easier. Yeah, uh, I, I hear you. I'm there with you. Um, I think, so a couple things, right? The Silverado and Sierra. And actually, Sierra, to some extent, is doing actually a little bit better mm -hmm. as far as growing sales, improving, right. and doing all those things. The Silverado is also fairly competitive, although Ram is really, it's really fighting. Starting to f yeah, really, yeah. really fighting with them. And of course, Ford is still kind of out front right now as far as sales are concerned on the F-Series trucks. But I think the, uh, the Silverado, I think there's one, more, one thing it's in my mind mm. uh, that will improve sales of all Silverados. If they put in the dealership a truck that's a competitor to the Raptor yes. and or TRX fighter, mm -hmm. I'm talking about supercharged V8. I don't care which engine you... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, wide body, big tires, supercharged engine. It could cost a hundred grand or whatever, whatever it may cost, but it will bring people there. It's a halo vehicle. It's a halo vehicle. Exactly, they, they, I totally get you. You know, the trail bus is there, but it's not a true halo, right? No. So, so if they have a halo and it'll bring customers into the shop, into the dealer, and actually improve everything. Yeah, I agree with you, but add to that one more thing. What? They need to get rid of the G80 on that super truck you're talking about <laughs> and the trail bus. The G80 is perfectly good. We're talking about the rear diff, uh, yes. which is a mechanically locking rear diff, which unfortunately when you're off-road, it takes a lot of wheel spin before it seems to kick in and go. It works pretty good on snow, actually. I've, I've, I've driven quite a few of them on snow. But off-road, we've, we've actually had some videos where you can see there's some problems, and it just takes time. I would much rather have a button or a switch where I can flip it, boom, locked. Which, by the way, they do have in their Chevy Colorado ZR2, <laughs> yes, which is driving me crazy. So in terms of putting it into this truck, why not? So in your Halo truck, absolutely great idea. They need to build it. Uh, probably supercharged to 6.2. That is their most powerful engine. Or, or take the Corvette engine. Or how about that Blackwing engine they spent billions on and didn't use? Yeah, 
any of those engines. Any the of latest, engines. L- latest con- Corvette engine is amazing. Yes, even, absolutely. Even with no supercharger, it's already yeah, just, amazing. Just dump it in there and basically just say, yeah, this is our truck vet, whatever, and you know, it'll, it'll beat everybody. It doesn't matter. What matters is, you know, you need. We know that General Motors can do it. We've seen them do it, but they haven't done it yet with their half-ton trucks. And we've had a lot of hints that they're working on it. But we haven't seen a damn thing. Now I know, I know what they're going to say. Mm. I know what they're going to say. What, what, what? They're going to say GMC Hummer. Yes, they might say that because that's our halo, technology halo for them. But it's but, not but it's different. approachable for a regular human being. But, so but, you need but it's also electric. Lower. Yeah, so it has, not everybody wants an electric truck. Right, so it's a halo in the technology sense, but it's not a true halo for like the common, you know, the, the, the regular uh, person that's there now. Volume sales are going to be gas-powered vehicles for a for long a while, time yes. in, in the truck world. So, and we know that. Okay, let's move on um, to Ford and their half-ton trucks because there are a couple of things that they could use as well. Yeah, are you talking about F one fifty or yep. Super Duty or? Uh, well, it's kind of you okay. can mix them, mix and match. But pretty much, I'm just talking about the F one fifty personally, and I'm sure you probably have something to say about the Super Duty. But I want to say. Three things about the um, half-ton Ford F-150. I'm talking about the new one, not the uh, current one, the 2020. I'm talking about that one, the 2021. Okay. Um, they're 2.7. Thank God they're bringing it back. I love that uh, twin turbocharged V6. Mount the seven-speed manual transmission to it and see what happens. Probably not a lot, but it would be <laughs> really, really fun. Especially think about it like a fun little sports truck with a manual. How much fun would that be? Come on, guys. A little baby lightning? What is, that what, is that what you're saying? That thing would haul. See, it would be so much fun. See, Ford, what you've started, you put a manual in the Bronco, and now we think that anything can have a manual. I, mean, I know everything can have a manual. <laughs> it's not think, it's I know. Now, on top of that, there is one more thing, and a lot of you guys have been clamoring for it. Twin turbocharged V8 in the next Raptor. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. I think that would be epic. So Ford has this thing where they've invested billions and millions into the EcoBoost technology, right? Yeah. And their twin turbo V6s, and they're good engines. You know, without over, a doubt, over the years, give and take a few issues, you know, that every manufacturer Teen has. issues, yeah. Um, and they're like focused on it, right? But and they're good at listening to customers, right? Mm, we yeah. know this because because they've put a lot of useful features into their trucks. But for some reason, they're hearing V8 Raptor, and so far it, they didn't deliver. They they didn't come through. Which is which is strange. Um, I mean, when the Raptor first started, for those of you who don't know, the the initial Raptors did have V8s in them, and then the second generation they put in V6s. Now the V6 outperforms the V8 in almost every way. However, there are a lot of people out there that really do want either a naturally aspirated V8 or at least a turbocharged or supercharged V8. Now, rumor has it that they have this 5-liter V8, which is a really good engine that I think, would work really well. I think its nickname starts with a C, mm-hmm. oh, like a howling thing. Yeah. yeah. And they also have some, uh, now a lot of the other people were speculating that the, the engine that they're using in like the GT500 would... would shove in there or something like that you know I, I who knows okay you know i wish the bottom line is that uh having a v8 of some sort inside the raptor would please both sides of the aisle right it would please the people who want to hear that v8 groan but if you tr- make a twin turbocharged v8 it's going to be ridiculously powerful and probably compete head to head with the trx so we're just saying we're just saying that would be cool. Yeah, and people are saying that they could put a 7.3 V8 in there. 
supercharged or then maybe if there's another rumor that a 6.8 uh, slightly lower displacement version of the 7.3 could go mm -hmm. in there. Yeah. I, I, mean, I don't know, dude. Really uh, there's a lot of rumors, and the rumors are there because Ford hasn't really come out and said absolutely zero V8 choices ever. You know, they haven't really put their foot down. No, but, they but, haven't. But, but they're always saying, you know, just look at our hybrid technology and our turbocharging technology. And it's entirely and possible. Yeah, they might they might go hybrid. It, with it might next. be a hybrid Raptor as well. Yeah, and, and if so, it could be epic or, or it could be scary. So we so don't know. I would, I would agree with you. And um, also, I just want to say that I'm glad Ford listened and are building an F-150 Tremor. Yep. So they announced it officially that an F-150 Tremor is coming and next that, year. And that kind of cuts the space between, you know, the, 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 the Raptor yes. and then the, uh, what would be that be? The, uh, the FX4. FX4 package. Yeah. So it sits like right in between the two. Yeah, except it did everything right, except one thing. <laughs> What's tires? No, engine. So they said, guys, we're going to build a Tremor mm -hmm. F-150. It's going to be awesome. It's not going to be as expensive as the Raptor, potentially. Okay. And it's going to have a lift and more capability than the FX4. And you can only have it with an EcoBoost. And then people's jaws just... So, so you can't get a Coyote? No. Really? Or a 2.7. Why are you hurting me like this? So 3.5 is the only engine. That, and I, I think I know where they're going. Okay. I think because of... Once again, simplification, because mm -hmm. complexity is very difficult and costly. I can understand that. Uh, they're going to start with the V6 and maybe throw in the Coyote later. Maybe. One could only hope, because they, they have recently updated the Coyote. Yes. Uh, so, guys, we've been asking for a V8 F-150 off-road truck, and then they just gave us everything, everything except, except for that V8, right? So, okay. And we love that Coyote. Let's, we we can, really do. What's next, dude? What's next? Well, we're, we're done, except for the bonus. Oh, uh, you, you might be talking about, what, a Rivian? <laughs> no, I'm talking about vehicles that are actually being produced. Okay. The Rivian, hey, until I see a Rivian actually in a showroom of some sort, it's not being produced. Okay, Same I with agree. the Tesla, I agree. Cybertruck, and blah, blah, blah. No, the bonus is the Honda Ridgeline. I know everybody's out there going, what? How dare you? It's a truck show. It has a bad, we're going to include it, because it technically does compete against some of the mid-sized trucks. And there are a few things that we think that they could do to improve it. Now, first of all, recently, Honda did a major facelift with the Ridgeline to make it look much more trucky. Yes, nobody knows about it. <laughs> nobody knows about it. We talked about this in a previous video. Nobody, Honda hasn't done like any okay. PR with this thing. Okay, people, some people know about it. Not Hardcore Ridgeline guys oh, know about oh, this. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, you know. And gals. Not a lot. And gals. But the thing is about, first of all, let's, let's quickly talk about the, the Ridgeline. Ridgeline, a lot of you get, some people have like sent me notes saying nobody cares about the Ridgeline. That's not true. Their sales have been so stable throughout the past. And improving. And improving, but in a very linear fashion. Honda has been brilliant about this truck because it is feeding their customers and then every once in a while they bring somebody else from the outside in. Part of that sales has to do with the fact that it has a remarkably comfortable ride and interior. Basically, it's a crossover, but it has pretty good capability. However, we think they could do better. Yes, uh, they have this off-road version now, right? Uh, their kind of Honda, Honda Performance. Right. Which is great. The yeah. oval drive cool system is amazing. And, you know. Yeah, they have wheels, they have some trim, they have, you know, obviously Honda motorcycles in the back, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they left the ground clearance the same as before. The tire size is about the same as before. I was really hoping, you know, they're, they're facelifting it, right? I was, and it's okay. Uh, I was really hoping for blocks, 
squares. Uh, More of a manly look. Just, you know, they've, so the Toyota has TRD Pro, mm -hmm. right? Quiet macho. Yeah. There's a ZR2, mm -hmm. once again, macho. Yeah. This still feels, you know, a little bit more macho, but not quite as macho as they can do. I think that they, they took a step in the right direction, but they needed to take another step. I think that the front bumper should have been shaved down for the special off-road version to allow for a better approach angle. Yeah. I think it needs at least a two-inch lift front and rear. Um, I think you can do that without having to change the entire configuration of the A-arms and you know the dog bones and all everything yeah. else that's in there. I think you can get away with two inches or roughly two inches. Uh, bigger tires, uh, you know, the wheels are it's kind of interesting, but I think that they, there's a step away, but there's more. This truck is uh, capable of pulling 5,000 pounds. Yeah, it's not too, It's not too bad for, for a crossover, it's just fine. Now bear in mind that this, yes, it is basically a crossover, but it does have a subframe in the back yes. uh, to a certain degree, and it's, it's a very unique build, the way they designed this vehicle. So, I was kind of hoping, and so was Andre, that they could bump it up a little bit, maybe bring it up to 6,000 pounds, and also perhaps increase the payload a little bit. Yeah, and payload is actually competitive. It's competitive. You know, it's like 1,400, 1,500 pounds. Right, I want to 1,600 pounds. Which is very competitive, and I think they can improve it slightly, but I, I agree, if you want to bring a bigger trailer, you can do it with a Ridgeline. You know, yeah. you can do it with other mid-sized trucks. I've but, but towed not... like 4,000 pounds with it, and it towed brilliantly. Didn't sag as much as I thought it would. It was, it was really good, but it was near its limits. Yeah, but you know what they did? They have a dual exhaust system. Well, the dual exhaust is really important, and they need a racing stripe, and then you'll get that you know, extra power. Um, and, and, you know, some people aren't very fond of the new 9-speed that they have in there that they added uh, about a year ago, right? It's also a push-button now. That's right. what Nathan doesn't like very much. I just don't like push-buttons. I don't like dials either. I just... Or something, you know what I mean? Like something you grab. Levers and levers. Levers and levers, that's right. <laughs> but I, I do like the facelift. I do like the look of it. I would own one. I, I totally would. I wouldn't have a problem with that at all, provided that I didn't go off-road that often. We've taken them off-road and they've done actually all right, uh, better actually than we thought. The uh, 4x4 system in this is really an all-wheel drive system, but it's very sophisticated and it's quite capable. Back in the day when we had Goldmine Hill, mm -hmm. we bounced it over Goldmine Hill, no problem, it did fantastic. Uh, I've taken it off-road before the first generation even in Moab, Utah, and it did okay. but. Could they build a better version that's a little bit more off-road worthy? You bet they can. This is Honda we're talking about. So they built dirt bikes and side-by-sides. Side Side-by-sides, epic vehicles. And everything, and jet, jet airplanes. For those of you uh, both on <laughs> oh. TFL car and truck and off-road, we actually saw a SEMA version of this, an older version, slightly older version of this uh, truck, where they took everything off of it and basically put side-by-side -side stuff on it. Mm -hmm. That is the perfect ridgeline. That's the vehicle I'd be willing to spend 40 grand on to get if they would build it. I just said it. Agree. If they built it, I will pay. I will pay to buy it. If you it. build it, Nathan will uh, come. Provided, provided yes. that it is better off-road than this. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, let us know what you think. We really want right? to know. We, we do want to read your comments, and we do read your comments. So let us know what improvements you think realistically come on uh, with these trucks uh, or if we've missed something that you think we should add please write it down below
Yeah, or if you want to put a jet engine on the ridgeline, that's also doable. Well, Honda does build jet engines. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. See you next time. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.